Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, the team leader for the Gospel Project for Adults, and this is our weekly leader training podcast. With this week, we are beginning a new volume titled From Wonder to Rejection that will take us through a large portion of Jesus' earthly ministry, examining some of his miracles and teachings. Toward the beginning of his ministry, Jesus was received favorably by most people, hence the wonder portion of the volume title. But as time went on, his miracles ruffled the feathers of the powerful, and his teachings put off some of his own followers. Thus, wonder eventually turned to rejection, which culminated in his crucifixion. We'll focus on that portion of the biblical storyline in the next volume, but for now, know that rejection is coming. And though Jesus knew of this eventuality, he remained steadfast in his ministry to proclaim the good news of the coming kingdom of God, even though people would reject it and him. With a new volume comes a new unit, which we have titled, The Works That I Do in My Father's Name Testify About Me, which is a quote of Jesus from John 10. In this unit, we are looking primarily at the miracles of Jesus, and these serve to verify his words of teaching and to demonstrate God's compassion, but also to reveal Jesus' deity as the Son of God. These works testify to his identity and nature as the all-powerful second person of the Trinity. So this brings us to Unit 22, Session 1, titled Jesus Over Nature. As we have already seen in previous sessions, of Jesus healing people of diseases and demons, Jesus continued to reveal himself through his actions. Here in the Gospel of Mark, he was by the Sea of Galilee and began teaching. He eventually had to get on a boat because of the large crowds pressing in on him. He taught the crowds using parables, but he explained them to his disciples. And when he was done at the end of the day, he and his disciples cast off for the other side of the sea. But on the way, a storm overtook them. This is where we pick up with our Bible study for this week. In calming this storm, Jesus revealed that he is the Son of God, the one who has all authority over nature. In point one, we look first at the peculiar posture of Jesus, showing that the Son of God rests in the care of his Father. If we experience a storm while we are indoors, say in our homes at night, we may find it easy to sleep. I generally do. My wife, not so much, and much less some of our children. And true, this effect can then make it hard for me to rest, but I digress. If you are out in a storm driving a car, likely you are a little more tense, watching out for other drivers and puddles of water that might send you hydroplaning. But can you imagine being on a boat in the middle of a storm? I've seen videos of big boats and barges crashing through waves and taking on massive amounts of water, and those videos make me wide-eyed. But to get to the reality of this situation in the Bible, Jesus and the disciples weren't on a sea liner but a small fishing boat being tossed about by the wind and waves. Plus, they were taking on water from waves that were bigger than their boat. In such a situation, I'm panicking, praying and trying to bail water as fast as I can without being tossed overboard myself. That seems to have been the mindset of the disciples, some of whom were seasoned fishermen. But then there's Jesus. He's not panicking. He's not even awake. He's sleeping in the stern of the boat on a cushion, at peace and resting from a long day of teaching. How? This text doesn't say, but knowing the whole counsel of the scripture, we can surmise a couple of things. One, 
Jesus is God in the flesh. So, being the creator of all, he is sovereign over all. Two, he knew his purpose in coming to earth as a man, and it wasn't to die in the sea. He would fulfill his father's purpose of dying on the cross for our salvation. So, though he was surrounded by the turbulent sea, he rested in the care of his father. And as believers in Christ, we can too. We can believe and rest in the truth that we are in our Father's hands. That isn't to say we won't experience hardship or a tragic death, in the same way that Jesus wasn't kept from these. But we can trust that our days are numbered and granted to us for a purpose, for a mission, and to experience the love of God throughout each one. In point two, we behold in words the wonder that the disciples witnessed with their eyes as the Son of God exerted authority over his creation and calmed the storm. Jesus, awakened by his fearful disciples, rose up from his place of rest, looked out at the churning sea around them, and then with mere words caused it all to stop still. No more wind, no more waves, no more cause for fear. How could Jesus do this? Well, we recall one of the reasons he was able to sleep. Jesus is God, and therefore, he is omnipotent, which is the key doctrine highlighted in this point for the session. With words, and namely the Word of God, whom we know as Jesus in the flesh, God created everything out of nothing, and then he brought about order and goodness in the same way, with words. So it should not shock us that Jesus could say, Silence, be still, and have the air and water that he created obey him. To help your group wrestle with the implications of Jesus' authority and power on display in Mark 4.39, be sure to ask the second question in this point on page 12 in your leader guide, which corresponds with the same question on page 23 in your group member's daily discipleship guide. You might even divide your group into smaller groups for this discussion, so people can feel more free to express their thoughts and conclusions. In point 3, we see the Son of God calling for faith from his followers. The sea was still, so the reason for the disciples' fear was gone. But Jesus scolds the disciples for being afraid in the first place. Instead of fear, they should have had faith in Him as their Messiah and Lord. They had seen enough evidence of Jesus' authority and power over disease and demons, but that didn't translate to this moment on the raging sea. And if we are honest with ourselves, we can understand why. Faith in one place doesn't always result in faith in another difficult place, though it should. Because no matter how our circumstances change, God doesn't. Jesus doesn't. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if he was God before, we can be certain that he is still God today. And for the disciples, the beginning of this realization resulted in a new fear, what we might call the fear of the Lord, drawn from the Old Testament. If Jesus is God in the flesh, and he is, then the disciples were having to reckon with a wonder more wondrous than the calming of a storm and sea. They were trying to wrap their minds around the miracle of the Incarnation. Was this man standing before them on a boat in a calmed sea, calling them to have faith, the one who created all of it? And of course he is. It would be some time before they finally grasped that, but when they did, they began to turn the world upside down, proclaiming his good news. 
This miracle revealed Jesus' deity as the Son of God. But it also showed that Jesus cared for his disciples by calming the storm that threatened their lives. And he further showed his care for them by calling on them to have faith in him. Jesus would later demonstrate God's love in a greater way by laying down his life to provide salvation from sin and death. By God's grace, all who have faith in Jesus receive the gift of eternal life to carry them not just through a storm at sea, but through death itself. Because we believers know that we are loved by the God who has authority over all creation, we should seek to demonstrate bold faith in Him no matter our circumstances, so that others might come to trust in Jesus for salvation as well. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.